Hey, this is Travis Bennett, the pastor here at Arena of Life Church, and I just want to welcome you to our podcast. I pray this builds your faith, encourages you, and brings you to newer levels in Christ. Enjoy the message. Amen. Well, look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, you need this message. So take notes. All right. How many of y'all thankful to be in the house of the Lord today? <clears throat> Amen. Well, uh, if you're just now joining us, we've been in the series here of When He and You. How many of you know God wants to use you? We've been looking at the story of Moses in the morning certain time of prayer. And if you've been listening to that, God uses people. If you look at the story of Paul, God uses people. If you look at the story of Joshua, God uses people. You look at the story of Joseph, God uses people, and if, hopefully if you look at the story of your life, you can say this about yourself, that God uses people. And today I want to uh, kind of go on a journey here. We've been talking about, we first talked about when you fast, because uh, how many of y'all felt life changed this year as you fasted? There were some things that Lord showed you, amen. Lord showed me, gave me a revelation of things, and then I preached a message on when you pray and fast, praying and fasting. And then, and then last week we talked about when you pray. Uh, and if you didn't listen to that, I, I, I encourage you to go back because all of these, what we see is this. He didn't say if you give or if you pray or if you fast. He said when you give, when you pray and when you fast. And how many of y'all know this? Jesus is not going to tell us to do something that he's not doing. All of these things, Jesus was an example to us. He was an example of fasting and prayer. We fasted 10 days. He fasted 40. Come on, somebody. Aren't you thankful we just did 10, but he did 40. He, he, he prayed, and if you hadn't seen last week uh, in, in the message, we saw all the examples of, of, of the way that Jesus prayed. And I want to encourage you this week, I hope this last week, you did uh, what I encourage you to do for your family, and pray that apostle's prayer over your family out of Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 16, that he would grant unto you by your rich treasure and glory, strengthen you, reinforce you with might to your inner man, the Holy Spirit himself, to your inmost being and personality. But I believe this, God wants to give you power. Everybody say power. How many of y'all believe that? God wants to give you power. God wants to give you the love of God. The love of God that surpasses all understanding that you would know the height, the depth, the length, and width of his love is what the Bible says. Because the world, <laughs> excuse me, <coughs> the world has lost what God's love is. But I'm telling you as believers, we need the love of God more than anything else. Dads, when you, when, when you parent your kids to the love of God, how many of y'all know it's the best love, Right? Faith, hope, and love, and the, and the grace of these is love, is what the Bible says. It's patient, it's kind, it's not envious, it's not boastful, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, love never fails. And you know, lots of times we think about 1 Corinthians 13, about love, that that's how we're supposed to love, but that's how God loves us. Amen? How many of y'all know he's patient with you? He's kind with you. It never fails with you. It don't matter how far you've gone away. I'm telling you, the love of God will always bring you back. Come on, that's the good news. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen this morning from the 9 o'clock crowd? And, and also, too, we need to have his, his uh, presence in our life. I hope you're praying this week, saying, when I show up to the scene, I pray, Lord, that you use me to change the atmosphere. Amen? And the last one is this, is purpose. In fact, we're going to talk a little bit about purpose today, but... 
you know all of these, every teaching that I've done, and when I look at Matthew chapter 6, he's saying when you give, when you pray, and when you fast, you've got to have the right perspective. I'm going to say that again. When you give, when you pray, and when you fast, you have to have the right perspective. How many of y'all know perspective is a big thing? Right? Perspective is a thing, big thing. So thinking about perspective, whatever is closest to you is going to give you the biggest optical. Thinking about this, you know, I was going back over my notes of last year. I kind of like to see what the Lord showed me in 2021 and now what the Lord showed me in 2022. <clears throat> if y'all were here last year, I preached a message on battle born. And I told, we, we, we went through the story. We were in 1 Samuel 17 for like six weeks. Y'all remember that? It might have been longer than that. But one of the things that I noticed about David was this, is his perspective was right. Because everybody said, this Goliath is bigger than you. But you know what? It's because whatever's closest to you is the thing that's going to affect you the most. Now think about this. David... He knew that Goliath was big. In fact, history tells us that he was really big. He was, what was he, nine foot tall? Nine foot tall, he was a, a Nephilim, he was, a, he was a, you know, uh, he was ungodly huge. And so when David went to him, he had the perspective, he's big, but my God's bigger. See, here's the deal. Gabe, he's big, but right now, this communion cup is bigger than Gabe. Are you seeing what I'm saying perspective-wise? See, David said this, he may be big, but I'm closer to God than I am this big giant. And this is the way we need to be in 2022. Like this deal in Ukraine, it's big, but it's not as big as God. COVID may be big, but it's not as big as God. We've got to be close to the Lord. We've got to be close to the Lord. I'm telling you, I can see it already from phone calls of people that have the perspective of greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The ones who have the perspective, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This deal in my marriage may be big, but it's not bigger than God. This sickness that's in my body, it may be big, but it's not bigger than God. I'm telling you, this financial thing that I'm up against, it may be big, but it's not as big as my God because I'm getting God closer than I am the problem. Can I give you just before I even get started this morning... He is saying, you've got to have the right perspective. You've got to have the right lens of thinking. You know, if there's two things that I would like to share with people when I meet new people, the first thing is this, is my testimony. Come on, how many of y'all know you have a testimony out there? Come on, how many of y'all know if you're a new creation in Christ, old things have passed away, behold, everything has become brand new. If it wasn't for the Lord, you would be a criminal. All right? Some of you, maybe on borderline, still criminal. But the Lord is working on you. Can I get an amen, right? The second thing is this. I like to see people's perspective. I like the way they see things. You know, you are today. There's things that I've wrote over my boards over the years, and I wanted to share them with you this morning. You are today where your thoughts have been. You're going tomorrow where your thoughts are today. I'm going to say that again. You probably should write it down. I did a long time ago. You need to today. You are today where your thoughts have been. You're going tomorrow where your thoughts are today. That's why it's in Philippians chapter 4, when Paul is writing uh, to the church in Philippi, he's saying, rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. They're saying, well, we're having a hard time rejoicing. And how are you rejoicing writing from a jail cell? He said, because I'm fixing my thoughts on things that are pure and not of evil. Of a good report, 
He's saying, I'm getting my mind right. How many of y'all know you've got to get your mind right? I've said it before. Craig Rochelle says it. I, I think he says it. He might have got it from somebody else. But he says, successful people do consistently what unsuccessful people do occasionally. <clears throat> and how many of y'all know if you're going to be consistent, you've got to have your mind right. Like if you're going to work out every day, you've got to have your mind in the game. If you're going to eat right, don't look at me judgmental. Y'all don't eat right either. It's just like talking about fasting, right? How many of y'all know you've got to have your mind in the game? It's a spiritual thing, but if your mind is not in the game, I'm telling you, it's going to affect your spirit. Your mind is going to affect your body. If y'all don't know that, y'all watch Dr. Phil. He'll fill you in. Literally. <laughs> Moving on. But don't you wish, I was thinking about this the other day. I had a new gold tooth put in, and he was trying to get the floss in there. Have you ever got a new crown before, and they're trying to get, I mean, it was like I was ready for him to, like, stand on top of me trying to get this floss in there. I'm like, it's tight, Doc. And I was thinking about dental floss. What it does is it gets the things out in between. You know what I wish we had? And I'm speaking for myself here. I was thinking about dental floss. I, I, I think it would be great if we had like this big zipper in our head. <laughs> and we had mental floss. You know what I'm talking about? Like people are talking about those that those have had COVID, how it affects you. You just had this big fog, right? Like where am I? Like a zombie. I mean, you were better, but you had this mental deal. How many of y'all wish we had mental floss out there? Aren't there people that you would use this on? I just saw some people elbow their wife. Okay, moving on. But uh, really, aren't, wouldn't you use it on yourself? But aren't there some people you're thinking of right now that you would use it on? Right? Just thankful that you're sitting next to them. Praise the Lord. But here's some perspective thoughts. These are some things that I've had on the board before too. But listen to this. How we view things is how we do things. How we view things is how we do things. If you have a bad attitude, you're going to have a bad attitude when you do it, and it's going to be bad when you do it. Right? I've had that behavior about a horse before, Gabe, and it came out in my work. Meaning this, my behavior is a result of my perspective. Listen to this one. What you see is what you will be. And can we all agree that we don't all see the same things? That's what makes a good leader is, is showing them what they see and them to fulfill it when they begin to see it as well. Here's another one. When we change the way we look at things, the, th the things that we look at change. Y'all didn't hear me. When we change the way we look at things, the things that we look at change. See, think about this. You know, I, 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 there's times in my office when people come in, whether it be about their spouse or their coworker or their boss or whatever, what they do is they come in and they want to fix someone. They need a fixing. They need dental or mental floss. You know, the, I always say the same thing, and I'm consistent about saying this. Rather than thinking about changing them, you need to change you. Just yesterday, we were at a volleyball tournament, and Addison said, did you see so-and-so? She did not serve the ball that good. I said, Addison, we're not focused on her. We're focused on you. Let's get you right. Amen? She's not here, so I can say that. How many of y'all know you need to start with yourself? If your marriage is going to get better, there's some things that you need to do. 
Don't put the weight on them. Put it on you because if there's anybody you can change, it's you. Here's the next one. What I believe about life determines how I perceive life, which determines what I receive from life. Say that one more time. What I believe about life determines how I perceive life, which determines what I receive from life. What I'm trying to get you in the mindset, mindset this morning is, is you've got to have the right perspective on when you give, on when you pray, and when you fast. Because if you're not thinking the right way, you're not going to do it the right way. Are you seeing what I'm saying this morning? Now, I was thinking about this, and I read this years ago in John Maxwell's book, and the Lord reminded me of it. But he talked about the diary of a dog and the diary of a cat. Now, I'm not, I'm not a cat person at all. Don't like them. Be honest with you right away. The Bible says that cat is in the devil family. I'm just saying, right? Roams about like a roaring lion. That puts him in the cat family. And also, I'm allergic. So anyway, but if you're a cat person, that's okay. But here's the deal. Diary of a dog. It says, this is how a dog thinks. 8 a.m., dog says, we get up. It's my favorite thing. 8.30, a dog thinks. Breakfast, it's my favorite thing. 9.30, I go for a walk. It's my favorite thing. 10 o'clock, neighbors walk by the fence, and I bark at them, and it's my favorite thing. 12 o'clock, we eat lunch. It's my favorite thing. At 1.30, I wag my tail, and it is absolutely my favorite thing. At 3 o'clock, my neighbor or, or, or my humans take me to the park, and it's my favorite thing. It goes on. At 8 o'clock, we watch TV together, and it's my favorite thing. At 10 o'clock, I lay next to the bed next to my humans, and it's my favorite thing. Y'all believe that? If you have a dog like mine, you would, you would agree. Diary of a cat. You ready? Day 985 of captivity. <laughs> my humans daily poke things in front of me to get my attention, and all I can think about is escape. They're totally different perspectives, are they not? Now, you may think different about your cat, but that's how I think about cats. But here's the deal. How many of y'all know you've got to have the right perspective? I'm going to say it again. How many of y'all know you've got to have the right perspective? And so today, I want to look at a perspective that we see in Luke chapter 10. Now, I've preached several messages on the Good Samaritan. In fact, I almost preached one to you. Use this as an example during uh, the Beatitudes, but the Lord wanted me to save it for this because I've been eating on this for quite some time. But there is different perspectives about giving. So this is what I'm going to do. Today I'm going to give you a perspective about your possessions and a perspective about giving next week because I don't, you know, you always have people that say all preacher talks about is giving. Well, they lie. People lie. But that's, that's, that's not the truth. It's just a matter of the fact is, if you would give, we'd stop talking about it. But moving on. I can be real with you all this morning, right? But there's different perspectives here. But let's read the text in Luke chapter 10 and verse 30. It's this. It said, Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he encountered robbers. Everybody say robbers. Who stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went their way, leaving him half dead. Verse 31. Now by coincidence a priest everybody say a priest was going down the road and when he saw him he passed by on the other side likewise a levite everybody say levite 
also came by to place to the place and saw him and passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, everybody say a Samaritan, who was traveling came upon him, and when he saw him, he was deeply moved with compassion and went to him and bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them. And he put him on his own pack animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. Verse 35, on the next day, he took out two denarii, this would be two days wages, and gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him and whatever you, more you spend, I will repay you when I return. Which of these three do you think proved himself a neighbor to the man who encountered the robbers? He answered, the one who showed compassion and mercy to him. Then Jesus said to him, go and constantly do the same. So what we see here is there is a legalist who confronts Jesus and he said, and who is my neighbor? And he comes back with this parable of the Good Samaritan. How many of y'all have heard the story of the Good Samaritan before? Let me see a show of hands. You've seen, heard the story of the Good Samaritan. Now, I want to give you a whole new perspective on this that the Lord's been talking to me about. And it's a perspective about your possessions, but also a perspective about giving. And what I see here is three different things. We see that there is, there is the person who has been robbed. We see the we see the eyes of the robber, we see the eye of the priest and the Levite, and the eye of the Samaritan. All of these are seeing the same thing that is going on, but all of them have a totally different perspective. The first one that I want to think about is this, is the robber. Everybody say robber. You know how a robber thinks, and this is his perspective? Go ahead and write this down if you're taking notes. He thinks this way. He thinks whatever is yours is mine, and I'm going to take it. And when we think about this in giving and in possessions, you're, you're having the same mentality as a robber. Now, hopefully everyone is past this way of thinking. Are you past this way of thinking? All right. Somebody, well, I can stay right here for a while. How many of y'all know we're all born with a little bit of robber on the inside of us? Right? The Bible tells us about children that Rebellion is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction takes it far from them. All of us, and, and I thought about this, robber rhymes with toddler. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for that one. But how many, uh, I mean, you've been around a toddler in, in, recently? I tell you, they're just like a robber. Because whatever is yours is mine, and I'm going to take it. Think about it. I, we wrote, I wrote down some notes about a toddler they say, they say this, if I like it, it's mine. If I can take it away from you, it's mine. This is the way a toddler thinks and a robber. If I used to have it, it's mine. If I say it's mine, it's definitely mine. If it looks like mine, it's mine. You guys are thinking of grandkids right now. I know you are. I'm thinking of my own child. <clears throat> if you're having fun with it, it's mine. If you walk away from it, it's mine. If it's broken, it's yours. How many of y'all know there's nothing different between the two? Between a rob robber and a toddler here. And we were all born this way in sin. Now, I won't stay on that one for very long because I want to go to the next one because I believe there is maybe still a mentality of the priest and the Levite. Uh, amongst us and even in our hearts if we're not careful. The second perspective is the, of the priest and the Levite. Now, mind you, 
the robber saw the man who was obviously stolen from, but also the priest and Levi. And, and, the, and the scripture is very clear that they're seeing the same thing. So the priest and Levi, they have this perspective. Write this down. Number two, what is mine is mine, and I'm going to keep it. A perspective about possessions. Think about this. What is mine is mine, and I'm going to keep it. They all saw him, and they passed by. Now, to illustrate this, I was thinking about this of going to Raising Cane with my boys. Now, I get the, uh, is it the craniac, the cognac, the one that has six pieces of chicken, a large fry, and more cane sauce. Glory to God. But last time we were there, I ate all six of mine, ate my fries, drank my drink, Catch still had a whole piece of chicken, and so did Anson. Well, I went over to Catch, and I tore a piece of his chicken off because I still had cane sauce, and you can't let that go to waste. Listen, that fell from heaven. I know it's just mayonnaise, ketchup, and Worcestershire, or Worcestershire sister, or whatever you call it. And it is from the Lord, I promise you. And so I took off a piece of chicken, and Ketch looks at me and goes, Dad, that's my chicken. I thought, no, he didn't. He's a toddler. Well, he's five, but they're still toddlers. And he's the youngest, and y'all know that story. But I thought three things right away. I thought to myself, my son doesn't understand where this chicken come from. Son, you don't realize how many horses I've shod to pay for this holy chicken. I went up there, and it wasn't your money that bought the chicken. It was my money that bought the chicken. You know, I could say this to a five-year-old. He'd just look at me and say, you still can't have my chicken. How many of y'all parents have ever thought that before? Don't tell me I can't use your Nerf gun on you. I bought the Nerf gun. That's a whole nother story. But I also thought this, I can take the chicken away, and I could like, I could go up there and order 200 buckets of chicken if I wanted to, and I will cover you in chicken. You want chicken? I'm going to, your, your cup will runneth over with chicken, right? But the third thing that I thought was this, I don't need your chicken. Y'all are looking at me judgmental like you've never had these thoughts as a parent. See, I just thought to myself this. I think it would be great to share the chicken. Like I can go get more, son. All you had to have was a good attitude, but let's share the chicken with one another. I want you to think about this. The biggest difference right here in this story of, of the Good Samaritan, also the story I shared with you is this, is significance and selfishness. Now, I'm not saying which one was selfish, me or catch. But just think about your life. Think about that significance and selfishness. See, as long as you're selfish, you're never going to live a significant life. Because selfishness is worried about you, me. Significance is worried about others. Philippians 2 says, think highly of the interest of others even more than you think of yourself. Scripture is full of that. Whatever man sows, that shall he also reap. See, when you're putting in the bank of other people, I'm telling you, you will reap back. But they have the mentality here, what is mine is mine, and I'm going to keep it. 
See, as long as you, I want to say that again, as long as you live selfish, you're never going to live a significant life. Can I tell you this about selfish people? You're cheating yourself. You are cheating yourself. Hi, my name's Travis, and I want to tell you, you are cheating yourself if you, if you live a selfish life. When you hold on to your possessions, you are cheating yourself. If anything that I've learned, if God has told me to give it, I can't wait to give it. Like it's not, ah, then it's not done in the right heart. I'm telling you, there was things that the Lord has told me to give away that I would, I'm blown away today. But I'm telling you, I have over above those things that I have given away. I'm telling you, the word works when you work it. And so I was thinking about, I, I was just in the office earlier. I looked up this quote because I hadn't heard it in a long time. And I, you remember who I said said it? Uh, I'll say it in the second service and you can listen to that. But what you keep, you lose. What you give away, you keep forever. What you keep, you lose. How many of y'all know you're holding on to things that you don't ever use? There's people looking at each other in here. Got some hoarders. Praise the Lord. God can set you free from that. But what you keep, you lose. What you give away, you keep forever. I mean, you know, the Bible says it's much better to give than it is to receive. And I'm telling you, there's something fulfilling. Think about this, Proverbs 11, 24. It says, one person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. I mean, you know, God has created you to give into people's lives. Luke 6, 38, giving will be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will will be poured into your lap, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. There's something about that. Lots of times preachers have used this just for tithing and forgiving. No, it's about time. It's about possessions. It's in parenting. It's in marriage. It's in all things, right? Here's the third thing. So, uh, number one, we see, the, we see the perspective of the robber. Number two, we see the priest and the Levite. And one more thing I just want to say is this. The problem in today's culture is not the haves and the have-nots. It's the give-nots. Because how many of y'all know we have everything we need? It's the give-nots. Here's number three is the perspective of the Samaritan. Write this down. This is a good one. What is mine is yours, and I'm going to give it. What's mine is yours, and I'm going to give it. See, they all saw the same problem, and they all saw had the same opportunity. But the difference that I see between the priest and the Levite, the robber and the Samaritan is this. The Samaritan had an outward thinking perspective where the priest, the Levite, and the robber had an inward perspective. See, an inward perspective says this. How will this affect me? Selfish people don't want to be inconvenienced. Right? Selfish people don't want to be inconvenienced. Oh, if I have to do that, then I'm going to have to do this. And I'm, I me, 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 me. But in outward, like the Samaritan did, he said, how will this affect you? Can I tell you all through scripture, God says how, he wants you to have the heart of how this will affect other people. See, it's like when we have an opportunity to give and next week I'm going to give you the opportunity to give. I think we ought to every year have, have an opportunity because can I tell you, your ties keep the lights on in this place. It keeps the staff paid of doing things and going out and doing, making a difference or, or actually not even making a difference, but it, it, it makes it this a place for you to come. If I, next week, I'm going to tell you what the electrical bill is here, and your jaw will be on the ground. 
It is unreal. All of those things. But an offering is how we can make a difference. How many of y'all know we need to do some things around here? Like one of the things we need to do, we need to get a new screen. We need to get some more things. How many of y'all want your grandkids to come to church? Well, if your grandkids are going to come to church, we need to do some things that appeal to your grandkids. Like, Pastor, all they need is you. Well, if it was just me, they'd be here, but they're not. We need, to, we need to give over and above. You know what we did last year when we gave over and above? We paid off the grit building. You know what I'm believing God for? We're going to pay off the arena down there. Come on, how many of y'all want to pay some things off around here so we can make a difference in Amarillo, Texas? Amen? So we're going to have the, but when I have the opportunity to give, you know what I think? This is how you need to ha- start having the right perspective because he says when you give, you need to have the right thinking. You need to think about you don't need to think about, oh, no, this is going away from me. No, you need to think about, look at the lives that will be changed. Look at the people that will be healed in this house. Look at the kids that will be taught the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Look at the, the, the officers that will be able to te- uh, 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 minister to. Look at the hospitals that will be able to minister to all the first responders. Think about the people that are going to get their ha- laid hands on. Uh, a sickness in their body and recover and be healed. You need to think about not how it's affecting you, but how it's going to affect the kingdom of God. And so the Samaritan, he has this thinking, what is mine is yours, and I'm going to give it. Isn't that good? Albert Einstein, uh, he said this, a person first starts to live when he can live outside of himself. A person first starts to live when he can live outside of himself. So how many of y'all know this is a good perspective to have? What is mine is yours, and I'm going to give it. Now let's go one more level. One more level. You ready? Y'all write this down. What is mine is not mine, and I'm going to manage it. What is mine is not mine, and I get to manage it. You know what I need? I need $100. For this next one, I need 100 bucks. All right. Praise the Lord. Like when it works out. Pastor Buzz, you are. Thank you, sir. Give him a hand. <clears throat> now, let's talk about what is mine is not mine, and I'm going to manage it. I'm going to feed my family after lunch with this moving on what is mine is not mine and I get to manage it y'all want to talk about what just happened I'm sure lots of you are like can I come up there and ask for a hundred bucks like I think it'd be great right here's the deal I went over to him during praise and worship and said here's a hundred bucks will you give it to me when I ask for it because it's my $100 bill, and I gave him the $100 bill, and I said, hey, I want you to just give it back to me when I ask for it. Now, I want you to think about this in the same terms of your relationship with the Lord. I want you to think about your time, your possessions, your money, your things. See, the thing of it is, God has given you things. When he's given you gifts, and he's given you talents, and when you use them for the glory of the Lord, all you're doing is giving back what he's already given you. See, this was my $100 bill, and all he did was give it back to me. You know, when I 
played in the band. I was just given the gift that he gave me back to the Lord. It's like right now, my little boy, Anson, my 10-year-old, he got a bass for Christmas. And I've been teaching him uh, notes and all that different stuff. And see, I'm not holding on to that. I'm, the Bible tells us this, the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. The Bible says every good and perfect gift cometh from above. So the gifts that God gave you, like I'm seeing Donna back here. Donna has the gift of art. Like she's so gifted. But here's the deal. If she kept that gift and said, God, thanks for the gift, and then didn't use it. I mean, y'all know that's a shame. Like I believe there's gifting in all of us in this room that God has given you uniquely gifts. Like those of you that are on the host team, God has given you a gift of personality. You say, you know what, my personality that I have, it's not just because my mom and daddy had it. It's because God gifted us. And so when you join the host team, you're just giving back what God has given you. When you're on the praise and worship team, you're giving back your gift. John, you can go ahead and come. Here's a gifted man right here. What he does every single week is he's saying, God, see, here's it. How many of y'all know you can't lose nothing if it's a gift? If it's a gift... Then how many, I mean, what were you before? You were, you were nothing, but because it's a gift, it's like, you know what, you ought to, you, I mean, it, I, I think it's so good when young people want to say, hey, I want to come, come, come watch a shoe horses. How about you don't just watch? How about you pull shoes, big boy? How about you, you learn? How about everything on the guitar? How about I teach you? See, because it's not mine, God gave it to me, so I got to give it to somebody else. Are you seeing what I'm saying this morning? I see people in ministry sometimes, they get so selfish. No, I'm the only one who knows how to do this. No, 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 no. How many of y'all have those people at your work? Like, no, you are getting in my lane, buddy. I mean, y'all know the most confident people, the most gifted people are people that give what God has gifted them. Well, you're saying what is mine is not mine. But I just get to manage it. How many of y'all know the world would be a better place if we learn how to manage what God has given us? It's not your talent. It's not your money. It's a gift. And it's not hard to let go when it's not yours. Psalm 24 and verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. James 1.17, every good and perfect gift comes from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, to whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. One more example that I'm going to give you. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet this morning. How many of y'all got something out of the Word today? A whole new perspective. A whole new perspective. What is mine is not mine. I get to manage it. What if this? What if during Christmas time? What if during Christmas time you had this special gift that you wanted to give somebody else that lived across the country? Y'all stay in here because this is good. Don't leave me. What if you had this special gift and you went to a UPS or you went to Fed Up, FedEx? They've lost a few packages for me. Now they're called Fed Up. Or I'm Fed Up. 
But what if you had this special thing you wanted, this gift that you wanted to give somebody else? So what you did was, is you went to UPS and you said, hey, send this gift to such and such address. address." And what they did was, is they grabbed that gift, they took it home, they opened the gift, and they started using that gift. And you, you called the person and said, hey, did you get your gift? Do you like your gift? They said, no, I never got it. So you go to UPS, you go to FedEx, you go to that store and you say, hey, what happened to that gift? He said, well, it was so cool. I took it home and I used it all to myself. Thank you. He said, no, 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 that isn't how it works. Can I tell you, just as mad as you would be, I, I'm not going to tell you that the Lord is upset, but the Lord expects us when he gives you a gift, you are the UPS delivery man to get it to somebody else. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Like the talent that God gave you, it is a shame if you go home, open it up, and use it all to yourself. God wants to use you. And I'm telling you, that's where you have to get past the shame, the guilt, condemnation I talked about last week, uh, or last Friday, talking about Moses. I'm telling you, the enemy will do everything that you have, can, to tell you that your gift isn't strong enough, your gift isn't good enough. You're not really good at that particular gift. I'm telling you, that is a lie from the pit of hell. God uses people. God uses people. You're the UPS delivery man. You're the mailman. You're the, you're the FedEx man. And it is a criminal shame if you was to take your gift to, to FedEx and them to take it home and open it yourself. Can I tell you, it's a criminal shame when you're so selfish with your gift that you don't want to share it with anybody else. Can I tell you, the most blessed people are the people that give. Successful people give. And it may not look in the way of money to you. But you know what they do? I, I mean, I look at successful people like Elon Musk and things like that. You know what he constantly does? He constantly pours into his staff. Constantly. Constantly. I mean, you look at successful people, whatever he knows... He wants his people to know, this is what made me successful. I'm not going to hold on to it. But what has made him successful is giving. So your time, your possessions, your gifting. Those of you that are in the red shirts today, what a great day to have, have, have the red shirts on saying this, that you're saying this, I'm not holding on to my gift. I'm giving my gift. Because it's not, it's a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift. What I love is being around people that are gifted, that love to give their gift. They don't hold anything back because they know what's made them successful is giving. Come on, I hope, I hope this is revelation in you today. Dad, get that. Maybe you don't have the right perspective because you weren't raised the right way. Listen, listen God can give you the right perspective. give it to our kids let's give it our, to our communities let's make a difference let's hold on, hold on to things you know lots of times the church thinks no we gotta stay right here you know what I did this last Wednesday I had lunch with two pastors here in town and it wasn't competition it was completion hey what are you doing to make a difference in Amarillo, Texas I'm doing this, what are you doing oh that's a great idea Oh my God, he said, do it. I'm going to do the thing you're doing. Come on, I hope you get perspective of this this morning. 
We've got to have the right way of thinking. I'm telling you, CNN, ABC, NBC, Fox, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, World News, World Affairs, all of it, all of it is selfish and inward. How is this going to affect me? The kingdom of God is outward. How is this going to affect you? I'm telling you, it'll bring victory in your life. I know this is a little bit different teaching today. More of a, more of a teaching probably than it is a preaching, but I'm telling you, it will set you free. I'm telling you, the Lord, there's last year, God gave me a number. God gave me a number of what he, me and Pastor Brandy, the same thing, what to give. And we did it. And never once, we had the right perspective because we were like, God, you told us to do this, we're doing it. Not one time did we lack. Lots of people times in giving. Here I am talking about giving. They say, I can't afford that. Let me tell you, you'll never be able to afford tithing. Never. You just have to do it. I'm telling you, God will work his magic. How many of y'all can lift your hand and say, the Lord has made a way. Oh, my word. I'm telling you, I will. What I gave last year is beyond me. Now, I'm not saying that boastful. I'm saying that because I got revelation. God, whatever you have given me is not mine anyway. It's yours, so you can have it. Now we talk about management and all that different stuff of how you need to be smart, but I'm telling you, God will work it. What is mine is not mine. I get to manage it. God, thank you. Thank you for stories like this. Lord, if we're in this room, maybe it's in our time, maybe it's in our possession, maybe it's in our gifts that we've we've had the mentality of perspective or the perspective of the robber. What mine is mine. I'm going to keep it or I'm going to take it away from you. Lord, reveal those things to us. Those places in our life that we've been selfish, that we've been inward. God, today I pray that we'd have a revelation of your outward. Being outward. God, I just pray that in this room, I pray Spirit of the living God fall in our midst. May we have the right perspective of when we give. Not just in money, Lord, not just in time, not just in possessions, but Lord, when we give our time to you. Lord, I repent of times of thinking that I just don't have time or I don't I need to do other things. God, the gifting that you've given me is just because of you. Lord, today I choose to make the commitment to give it. Come on, I want to encourage you right there at your seat to do the same thing. God, just say, tell the Lord, God, the gifting you've given me, I choose to give it. I choose to give it. Oh, Jesus. in here and you say, you know what, Pastor, I don't know Jesus, my Lord, personal Savior. 
the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ is this, that he died, he was buried, and on the third day he rose again. The good news is if we confess our mouth, Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that he died on the cross, and on the third day he rose again, he'd come live on the inside of us. We need to admit that we are sinners. Sin has separated you from God. You admit that you're a sinner. Two, you believe that he died. He was buried on the third day. He rose again. He'd come live in you. The third thing is this. You need to confess him as your Lord. Can I tell you from confidence this morning? That he'll forgive you of your sins as far as the east is from the west. If you're lonely this morning, he'll fill that void. If you're in despair or oppression, I'm telling you, he will fill those gaps in your life. You're out there and you need a Savior, you need a Lord. First thing is this maybe you've, you've never asked Jesus to be Lord of your life. Today's the day. Invite Him to come live on the inside of you. Number two is this maybe you're away from God and you need to make things right. If that's you, one of those two. One, you're away from God. Number two, you've walked away from Him. Who is that? Is there anybody in the room? Lift your hand. If that's you, there we have down there back close. Is there anybody? Is there anybody in the room? Praise God. I believe everybody's safe. Come on, look at me. Come on, I believe this is a life-changing word. But we've got to work it. Significance will come when we stop being selfish. Significance. Dad, let's take dads, let's take more time for our kids. I'm guilty of this. Moms, let's take more time. Let's give the gift that God has given us and let's give it freely. Freely. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We want to thank all of you who give to our ministries here at AOL Church. It's because of you that all of this is possible. You can give now by clicking the link below. And if you haven't already, subscribe and share this message. It helps us reach more people and share the gospel through you. Be sure to stay connected to us through our Church Center app, our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and follow us on social media like Facebook and Instagram. May the Lord bless you and keep you. His face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. Thanks again for listening. Go and make a difference today.